You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode four of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. And you? I'm doing very well. Now, we don't normally give away too many secrets regarding the day that we produce the um, the podcast, but I think I'm probably going to give a bit of uh, an insight into when we're recording this because I wondered if you'd had a chance to watch the women's football. I did. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm very impressed to get yeah put a, a semi-final performance like that in. I thought they were. Yeah, I thought they were excellent. I I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, mm. I find um, uh, the lioness is incredibly inspirational, not least because mm-hmm. I'm the father of two young daughters. I was about to say you got two young daughters, haven't you? So, yeah, that... So to see women achieving um, in the way that they have done um, uh, is, uh, you know, is, is is absolutely inspirational. I mean, I know that the me we, we like building people up and knocking them down in this country. And of course, mm. because they haven't been, you know, thrashing people out of sight in the last mm-hmm. couple of rounds and they've been scraping through. But I mean, how many times, how many times would we have wanted the England's men's team yeah. To have found a way to win ugly, to scrape through a game against even Iceland. Remember I mean, that debacle. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the the women, as far as I'm concerned, are sort of showing us, you know, the way to go. And I suspect mm. that there'll be plenty of people listening to me saying this on the podcast, thinking, well, you know, it's got nothing to do with the tall station Western League. <laughs> that, is tr- that is a fair point. We are men's football. I but... just enjoyed watching us beat the Aussies, if I'm honest, because, you know, I'm a big, big cricket fan, big rugby fan. There's been plenty of times when that isn't the case. So I think, yeah, watching, obviously, um, yeah, there's not too much of a rivalry in football, but I think, uh, yeah, be- beating the Australians in their own backyard in any sport and seeing a, seeing a few tears is never uh, never something I'd, I'd be upset about. So, yeah, that was that was part of the uh, part of the joy for myself, I would say. Well, in the stadium where Johnny Wilkinson Precisely, slotted home that yeah. drop goal in 2003. Yep. Famous moments, yeah. And and let's not forget the outpouring of anger and mm. n- sort of collective face-stroking that happened during <laughs> the Ashes. Precisely. When, you know, our boys played so well and the Aussies yep. just found a way to win. Well, they, they won, didn't they? They retained mm. the Ashes. No matter what yeah. we say or do, it can't change that. Mm-hmm. But what we, you know, what the lionesses have done is yep. they've gone to their backyard. They have for their World Cup. Played them off and the park. They have given them a <laughs> damn good. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was most uh, anyway. Well, yes, quite, quite, quite where that gets us. I, I don't know. What I I'll, just to try and bring it back to the Western League before we move on. From time to time, we've been able to get um, women onto the podcast to interview. You know, I've always been adamant that the the Western League is a family league. Um, around many of our clubs, you do see, you know, mums and wives, sisters helping out the teams. If you ever see me at a game, very rarely will I be without at least one of my daughters. And, you know, hopefully the, the success of the Lionesses is something that football fans in this country can enjoy, but also women can use as a reason to want to get more involved in, you know, in football in our beautiful game, and hopefully that will benefit across the pyramid, and also it will benefit um, um, the Tool Station Western League. So there you go. There's, a, I know there's the sort of slight party political broadcast there to bring it, to bring us all crashing back to earth. But um, they did brilliantly well, and um, and I know we should have all been at work, but we weren't, were we? 
we were mm-hmm. we were keeping an eye on iPlayer. Anyway, never mind. Silly. Before I get myself into trouble, we need to move swiftly <laughs> on. Right, we're going to be talking about the Tool Station Western League action on Saturday, the twelfth of August. Our interview in the Premier Division comes with the dynamic duo at Nowsley and Tickenham. No, not Batman and Robin. It's Nick Stedman and Jamie Smith. Um, another two for one deal. And um, uh, also in the first division, we bring you new boys, Middle Zoe Rovers. Yes, you get uh, an opportunity to hear from their manager. The first time we've ever spoken to him on the Western League podcast, Craig Berry. And what a very nice man he was, too. Uh, And then obviously there will be all of the usual um, fixture previews as well. But we will kick things off, Tom, in the Premier Division at Brixham AFC, where the visitors were Nailsy and Tickenham. Yeah, absolutely. Down in Devon. And it was, yeah, big, 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 big win for the away side, a 3 2 victory. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive stuff. They fell behind, um, well, so Brixham fell behind um, midway through the first half uh, before then turned the game in their favour. Scott Robinson and Kieran Park in scoring uh, in pretty quick succession. Uh, so they were the home side 2 1 up at that stage. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Swags producing a strong, strong fight back of their own. Uh, Sam Thomas levelling affairs. Uh, and then, yeah, with 15 minutes to go, it was uh, the fifth and final goal uh, came from Jacob O'Donnell. So that handed handed Nelsie and Tickenham the 3-2 win. So we heard from Nick and Jamie uh, on last season's um, podcast. I think it was a bit of a first for the podcast, actually, to have uh, two joint managers on at the same time. Well, we were able to do it again this week, I'm really pleased to say, quite early in their life. Um, in the Premier Division, but I think everybody, they were the Cinderella story last season. We're all, we're all very keen to see how they managed to to get on uh, in the Premier Division this season. And um, so far, it has to be said, so good. Um, anyway, I started my conversation with Nick uh, by reflecting on that win at Brixham. And I started by asking him whether the game was as close as the scoreline suggests. Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Much appreciated. Um and the answer to your question, um, first 20 minutes, I would say they were, were, were probably the better team, um, creating a couple of half chances maybe. Um, but the remaining of the first half, we were certainly dominant. We went 1-0 up with a, a, a Lucas Rowles header uh, and then went 2-2 two, two up on, on the stroke of half time with a, what we thought was a perfectly good goal. Uh, and the rest did give it. Um, and then just as we were about to kind of kick off again um, the linesman called the ref over and, and penalised us for a handball which was a strange decision um, but at the end of the day that's what their jobs are and we've got to respect that um, but we were in a time 1-0 um, and they started the strongest um, and got a goal back um, which I think they deserved in all honesty um, from that kick off we went up the other end and we should have put it to bed, uh, missed an absolute sitter. Uh, they went down the other end and, and made it 2-1 within a space of probably 45 seconds. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shake-up. Um, but after that, probably the remaining 30, 35 minutes, we were, were certainly dominant, um, creating quite a lot of chances. Um, should have put the game to bed and probably scored a couple more. But uh, Sam Thomas got his first goal for the club to make it 2-2. Uh, and then Jacob O'Donnell with about... 10, 15 minutes to go, scored a, a, a good header um, to secure the three points. Um, and then we just sort the game out uh, and, and controlled it very, very well. Um, Jamie, if I can um, bring you in, um, I nearly got you on the podcast last week because, of course, you had that fantastic win in the FA Cup 
Am I right in thinking that that was the first time that, that, that you as a club had competed in the FA Cup? Yeah, that's, that's right. We were away at uh, Trim Athletic, so it was, a, it was another first, first for the club, which we seem to, to keep having. Um, you know, in the last few years, it's kind of another, another great moment in the, in the history of the club. But yeah, it was the first ever FA Cup fixture that the club's uh, been part of. And, you know, to win it was, um, was the icing on the cake, really. To be, part, to be in the competition and be entered in um, earlier on this year was, was amazing news for everybody involved. Um, you know, we've got we, we had quite a, a tricky away game, three-hour trip down to, uh, to to Tring Athletic, and they were a very good side, great setup, really lovely people. They really looked after us. It was a really good game, and yeah, we were absolutely delighted to to, to get through the, the fixture really. And you know, that's that's now meant that we're um, we're at home on Saturday in the next round, which is another first, if you like, in terms of bringing it to Nelsey. So um, yeah, we're we're over the moon with that, and uh, we really enjoyed the day out. Excellent stuff. I, I would imagine that the, the trip back was probably quite entertaining. Um, yeah. Nick, <laughs> Nick, you, you've done a fair few miles already this season, haven't you? Travel was a theme that we discussed last week on the last season on the podcast um, mm. for different reasons, I guess. But I mean, how are you and the boys standing up to this new test? Um, right now, we're we're really enjoying it and, and embracing it because obviously it's the first time we, we've had to do it. So we bought ourselves a minibus. For the lads, for all the players, um, for the kind of mid-range games, maybe you know an hour, hour and a half away. Um, anything further than that, then we've we've we booked um, executive coaches, so we we've planned it all already. Um, obviously, things change, you know that um, with uh, weather and stuff like that coming into to the winter. But yeah, so so far so good. It is obviously still very early days, but I think the lads are are thoroughly enjoying it, and it's also giving us time to bring those new lads in and, and make them gel even more and show a bit more togetherness uh, which is for us is, is obviously a real kind of key thing in, in the way we play um, and the, the values of the club so yeah so far so good excellent stuff now then um, Jamie we know that the FA are currently looking at the structure of football in the southwest, and part of that conversation is obviously the prospect of a new step five division i mean if that doesn't happen next season what do you think that would mean for your club um where it wouldn't mean any different honestly we're, we're we're embracing it we've we've kind of gone up as we said on the the original time we spoke to you, i think ian that we're not looking to be negative or anything we're, we're, we're looking to be positive we're looking to embrace any challenges ahead of us and you know, if we if we don't want to if we didn't want to come up this season um, and accept that that could always be the the state of play in terms of the, the geographical challenges, then we shouldn't have bothered. So I think we're we're quite open to so whatever happens. Obviously, if um, if there's a if there's a easier a way forward in terms of uh, a north and south or, or a new step five division, then great. But we're not really thinking that far ahead, to be honest, Ian. You know, brilliant if they can create another step five. Um, you know, division that makes it easier for clubs, but we need to stay in step five to start with. You know, um, that's our first aim, and then we, you know, we, we look after that. But yeah, on, honestly, we're, we're not one of these clubs going to sort of moan about the, the, the travelling. We're really not. We're going to get on with it. We're going to do our best, and we're going to get as many points as we can, and see where we end up. So honestly, I haven't really thought thought that far ahead. You know, I don't I don't necessarily personally think it will, will change anytime soon. So um, that's just my own personal opinion. 
obviously I'm really keen to have a chat with you both about what you're sort of making of, of the new season but in terms of the fixtures that you've played you've not really well you haven't really played anybody established at step five yet other than Tor Point because of course Oldland came up from the first division with you last season and Brixham have joined the Western League um, this season uh, as well so although it's only one game Nick indulge me um, what have you made of 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 the the level of competition um, you're experiencing this season? Have you noticed a step up already? Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I mean, the, the tour point game was uh, a bit of a write off. In all honesty, we had a, a nightmare getting down there. We we got there in the end, twenty five minutes before kick off. So we had no time to develop, to plan, to prep. The lads were still probably quite stiff from a, a what was a four-hour coach journey in the end and the, uh, the other issue was having 11 injuries actually on the on the first game of the season so it didn't help um it really didn't help but yeah they were uh, you know a good side too and, and, and that obviously shows that i think they're top of the league at the minute with with being unbeaten so far but um yeah standard wise a lot more more uh, i suppose physical um it's sharper players are better in certain positions because what you can see um, and what you can kind of I suppose expect now is the quality of, of the players that are, are coming in purely to the fact of I suppose money, budget um, you know the, the higher you go the, the more money's involved and things like that um, but yeah it's, it's a lot quicker paced, the fitness levels are, are a lot higher there's some aspects of quality which is, which is pretty similar because there is some very, very good sides in, in Division 1. Um, but as you said, it's it's too early to call, I think, for, for, for from us to see the other areas of, of difference from where we kind of sit within the league. Um, we've obviously held our own. Uh, we've been again tonight um, against Wellington, um, so that'll be another tough test. But we're, we're confident. We, we, we haven't been mm, surprised. There. It's, it's kind of what we expected to come into. I'm glad you mentioned Wellington because that was a game I did want to have a chat with you about. Um, Jamie, is it a mark of how far your club has come in recent seasons that we look at a game like Nowsy and Tickenham versus Wellington and we think, um, well, I, I mean, I certainly think, I don't know whether you do, um, you know, is this three points you should be winning this season? I wouldn't say should. Um, I think, so to your point, I think, being considered to to get to potentially get three points and being in the mix of that is is great. Um, we didn't take any game for granted, and we said to the players um, on Saturday, you know, we, we played really well in the FA Cup game that I spoke about at Tring, and it was about not being complacent in, in the next game against Brixham, and, and that's that's the challenge for us again tonight. We did so well on Saturday, and um, it's a great feeling at the end. But it's like we've got to do it again, you know, tonight. Um, against a really good side, so we don't take anything for granted. We're, we're we're really grateful to be in the mix and for other people to sort of say, "Great, you know, that they they could win there, they could get something out of this game, or, or whatever it may be." We're, we're confident in, in what we do, but of course, there's loads of, there's loads of good sides, there's loads of good players, um, and anything can happen on on the night, you know. So we're, we're going to it positive, of course, and, and try and you know execute our game plan and, and get the lads going and all that sort of stuff. But, but yeah, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, what I suppose what you do know with us is we will we will always give it our best shot. We've got FA competition to talk about now. Um, obviously, we talked about that fantastic win away at Tring, and Nick, I wondered, you know, 
what you make of this game against Highworth um, Town? I mean, you know, I, I mean, nobody's nobody's realistically expecting you to win the FA Cup. This is a bit of a free hit against a side that's established at a higher level of football. It would be a really good test for um, for you and your team. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we played a game, not the occasion. Um, that's what we, we we discussed in the in the first round. Um, obviously, Highworth, I think. Um, I think they're sitting around 10th, aren't they, at the minute, with, with winning one and, and drawing one. So um, I think they, they come away comfortable with a 4-1 win against Brinscombe and Thrupp. But, you know, it's the unexpected. We're the underdogs, as I've said, year on year. We like being the underdogs sometimes. We get underestimated. Um, and, you know, we're, we're here for a reason. So it is kind of a freebie, so the lads can play with no expectations, um, no pressure. Um, and, and when we play like that, that's when we play at our best. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to think teams will start to, to fear us a little bit because um, we're making the right moves forward. But again, you've always got to respect, I suppose, your, your, your opposition. And that, that, that's something we'll certainly do. Um, but we're at home. We make this place a fortress. We make it very, very difficult, you know, for, for the players and obviously the people coming down to, to watch. So as long as we... we keep our standards high and our expectations um, with regards to the, the, the work rate and the work ethic, um, you know, the lads will certainly do us proud. I have no doubt in that. Excellent stuff. And the final word to you, Jamie. Um, after that Nows in Tickenham game, you've got a game in the FA Vars. You're away at Bitten. Of course, Bitten going really well in our first division, the league that you were in last season. So it would be interesting not only to see how you fare against that side, but also whether or not you can progress and have a bit of a run in the Vars. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about um, the fact that we're in, I think, four cup competitions this season, um, as well as the, the league campaign. And the games are just going to come thick and fast. Yeah, we've got tonight against Wellington in the league. Um, then we go to Bitten, as you say, in the, in the Vars. And I think we've got Shepton Mallet in the league after that. So you're kind of thinking, you know, there's, there's lots of big games coming up. Um, again, similar to, to the FA Cup, side of things and the mentality for that I think that that's what we'll, we'll do in the Vars we've got um, a good competitive squad so there'll be, there'll be players that'll be wanting to play in these competitions uh, for sure and again the, the Vars is, is another first for the club so um, you know we'll treat that in exactly the same way as, um, as the FA Cup stuff so um, yeah we're really looking forward to that and, and obviously Bitten have um, worked really hard and had a great start to, to build that side back again from from, I guess, where they were. So, you know, good luck to them as well. And I'm sure they'll have a, a great season in Division 1. Um, and we look forward to, to going and visit them. And my thanks to Nick and to Jamie for their time. Now, moving on to Clevedon Town. They've got off to an impressive start, Tom, and that continued at home to Saltash United. Yeah, it did, against a, a Saltash that, um, side that have not had a great start and which is a bit of a... Bit of a surprise, I would have thought, but they did start this game pretty well. No Crump putting them in front early on, but yeah, Clevedon, yeah, enjoying life at the moment. And they got back on level terms just before half time. Sam Beresford racing through uh, to, to to level affairs, uh, and then it was uh, Elliot Nicholson scoring early in the second half to put put Town two one up. Uh, and then it was Alex Cam adding a third in in stoppage time. So uh, yeah, that wrapped things up, and it gave Clevedon a three one win at home to Saltash. 
Now, moving on to our next game, Helston Athletic versus Bridgewater United. And um, for those of you who've been long-term listeners of the Toolstation Western League podcast, it will appear that the curse of the podcast has returned once more. Of course, it was only a couple of weeks ago that we spoke to Dave Pierce, the manager of Bridgewater. They got off to one of their customary good starts this season. But the, um, the, the train came dramatically off the tracks at Helston, Tom. Yeah, it did. Um, 5-1 thumping, I, I would call it. I mean, yeah, put away like that is a bit of a surprise, I would have said. But, um, yeah, the, started pretty poorly. Jordan Cop put in the home side ahead uh, after just three minutes from the penalty spot. So, yeah, a bit of an early early slip up from Bridgewater. And, uh, yeah, they did manage to get back on level terms in this one just before half time. Uh, George King scoring from six yards out. And that was just moments after they'd had a penalty their own save. Uh, Jake Llewellyn usually... Uh, pretty trustworthy from the spot, but um, he had his kick saved by Helston keeper Kyle Moore. But as I say, that didn't didn't overall um, didn't cost them in that moment because they did hit, hit back in level affairs pretty soon after. Uh, but yeah, Helston took took that in their stride. To be honest, they obviously had their had their lead evaporate, but um, did manage to get back ahead just for half time uh, stoppage time. I think it was the eighth minute added on at the end of the first half. So I don't don't know what was going on there. Maybe potentially an injury or something. But anyway, it was Ruben Wilson heading home. Uh, so he put them two one up at the interval, uh, and then it was Wilson again early in the second half. So his his two goals either side of the interval really making a difference in this one. Him, uh, his, his second of the afternoon put them three one up, and uh, it was yeah it was all one way traffic from there. Cop scoring another penalty. Uh, before Ricky Shepherd added another late on. So that was a 5-1 win for Helston over Bridgewater. I'm just reminded, actually, that when I bemoaned the curse of the podcast, we actually had Matt <laughs> Cusack on last week. So yeah, I'm sure that perhaps in Helston, you know, the <laughs> podcast works differently. Maybe you'll want to get us on. We'll be week. back on next week. That'll be, yeah, be cool yeah. on you. <laughs> Um, now, 157 people saw that game at Helston, but that wasn't the biggest crowd in the Western League at the weekend. That went to Shepton Mallet, where they took on close rivals Welton Rovers. Yeah, and um, yeah, I would have thought they'd be enjoying their, their start to the season. Uh, seven points from a possible nine, um, Shepton. Um, and Connor Collins scoring the winner in this one. So it was a, it was a pretty tight affair. Uh, Charlie Bateson scoring after just two minutes uh, for the home side to put them ahead. Uh, but it was, yeah, as I said, it was a really fast start. Lewis Hunt converting uh, an in-swing corner inside the opening 10 uh, to make it one apiece. So both sides starting out on the front foot. Uh, but yeah, as I said, it was Connor Collins scoring the winner. Uh, his goal on the hour mark, um, handing handing Mallet a 2-1 lead, and they managed to hold on in front of that big crowd to, to, to gain another victory. So a good start for them and a 2-1 win over Welton. And finally, we go to Torpoint Athletic. They've got off to a very good start this season. That continued at Saturday in front of another big crowd of 155. Yeah, absolutely. They were, yeah, absolutely fan fantastic on the weekend. 2-1 win over Wellington. And, uh, yeah, at the, at the time, that made put them, put them top. Uh, and they took a first-half lead through Tommy Rowe. Uh, but they were pegged back 10 minutes from time for Aaron Paulson. So it was a really... Yeah, a bit of a bit of a late show this one. Uh, it was then Sean Thompson finding finding time and space uh, to put them ahead at the death. So a two-one win for Torpoint, and they toppled Wellington. Now we come to the midway point between the Premier Division and the First Division results, and that gives me the opportunity to remind the listeners that whatever the job, with over twenty-five thousand products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect, and conquer at Toolstation.
So moving on to the first division, games played on Saturday, the 12th of August, and we're going to kick off at high-flying Bradford Town. Of course, Bradford, for many years, a long-standing um, Western League side, left us to join the Hellenic League and now have, have come back this season. And, and, I mean, they really are pulling up trees, aren't they, Tom? They've had a fantastic start to their um, return to the Western League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on Saturday, another another win, a 3-0 victory at home to Hull, and that gave them uh, five consecutive uh, wins to start the season. I think they did slip up on, on Tuesday evening. Well, uh, they had a draw, so they're not, not 100% record uh, at, the, at the time of recording. But this, yeah, this was their fifth fifth win from five on the weekend over Hallam. Uh, Jack Wickham uh, scoring the only goal in the first half. So it's pretty tight tight opening opening period. Uh, and then it was Sam Jordan and Ben Wickens adding further goals after, after the break to, to give them the 3-0 win. Another long-standing side that I've always... Um, um, kept a close interest in is Cheddar but their form this season they haven't got off to the best of starts and that continued on Saturday Tom at home to Canesham Town yeah absolutely taking on a, a, a Canesham side of themselves who were yeah pretty pretty slow starters and I think would had lost all their games coming into this one so yeah it was a little bit of a uh, a pick-me-up opportunity for both sides, and it was well. Kenchum absolutely flew out the blocks. Three goals inside the opening half hour, and that was, yeah, enough to to lead them to a three-two win. Uh, a brace from Jaheem Allen, uh, scoring after Carl Box had put them ahead after just five minutes. So as I say, real fast start from Kenchum, uh, and that proved to be enough. They held on and and gained the gained the away victory. Three goals to two over Cheddar. Now we turn our attention to new boys, Middlezoy Rovers, taking on former. Premier Division side Cadbury Heath, of course, not only a couple of seasons ago, they were finalists in the Les Phillips Cup. Um, but it was the new side who came out on top, Tom. Yeah, well, it was a, a 3-1 win for them at home uh, at the Ethan Berry Pavilion on, on Saturday afternoon. And it was substitute Dan Lismore striking twice in, in this win for them. Uh, pretty decent crowd. Josh Gracie uh, scoring during the first half for them. Uh, Cadbury Heath's uh, goal coming from Callum Woolley. That was a, he was the substitute as well. But it was uh, Middlezoy's uh, super sub, uh, Danny Lismore, scoring twice. Uh, came on ten minutes into the second half, and uh, a brace from himself uh, gave them a three-one win over Cadbury Heath. Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with a new name for the podcast. It's Craig Berry, the manager of Middlezoy Rovers, and I started off by talking to Craig about that win at the weekend, and I asked him what he made of the performance. We started rather nervously, I think it was the best way to word it, until we got to grips uh, with how the opposition were playing and we managed to settle ourselves down, got on the ball a little bit more and were able to probably impose ourselves on the game, keep good possession. We created some opportunities in the first half but didn't have any success. And then our substitutes, in effect, had a, uh, had a major effect in the second half with uh, Danny Lismore coming off the bench and um, scoring with his first touch and I think his second touch. So, yeah, a pleasing performance, but it took us a little while to um, settle down. I think it's worth remembering that Cadbury Heath were a Premier Division side um, last season. So are you pleased with the start to life you've made in the First Division? Yes, in a nutshell. Um, I'm not too sure what any of us expected or wanted I mean last year our drive was to be in a position to be promoted um, then when the reality hit we were um, a little bit daunted I think well I was a little bit daunted when you were looking at the teams that were coming back into the division those teams that weren't promoted 
you're all of a sudden looking at six or so teams. Um, but yes, they're very pleased, very pleased. It's an interesting point you make about looking at the teams because I wondered how much did you know about the first division of the Western League before you started this season? Um, well, obviously the local teams to us, your Cheddars and Wells, we know some of the players that play for them and we've played them in pre-seasons before. So you have a, a feel for the um, environment but you certainly don't have you know, when we were playing in the county league, we could go out and go right. We know how they play. They know who their players are. We know they like to do this. We know things that they like to do from set pieces. But every game we play at the moment is a new experience. And yes, you might know about some individual players, but you don't know how a team plays or the way that they set up. So yeah, it's a little bit of a um, a new experience every time we go out at the moment. Um, obviously you mentioned that you've come up from county football and we'll have a chat about that in a minute but I just wondered what have you made of the standard in the first division so far obviously you've only played a handful of games I I understand that but are you feeling that there's a difference already are you feeling that there's a step up yes so um, lots of the players are fitter and when you play against the seasoned Western League team or players they're on the front foot they're a little bit sharper into the tackle. You know, you've not got as much time on the ball, so the decision-making has to be better, which means that those players that aren't on the ball are even more important sometimes than the person on the ball. Can you tell us a little bit, for those people who aren't familiar with um, Middle Zoe Rovers, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, the, the journey that the club's been on in the last few seasons? Um, yes, so I think it was... Uh, Ten, 10 years ago we got promoted to the county league from the Taunton District Saturday League uh, we then went through the, the the county league divisions sort of division 1 or division 2 west and then division 1 division 1 west um, and then eventually got into the the, the county prem uh, which we were in for 5 years 5 seasons 6 seasons we didn't finish out top of the, outside the top 5 in that time but as much as we've had progress on the pitch we've had progress off the pitch because we were on a World War II aerodrome site that had a building that in all honesty what 10 years ago we, we went to the Football Foundation it was um, sort of a situation if we don't do something we're not going to have a football club and that's when it really changed because they gave us indications of what they wanted for us to do as a club which we did and then went back to them and said, well, we've done everything you wanted us to do. Um, what do we do now? And that um, sort of set the wheels in motion for a new clubhouse, floodlights, turning the pitch round, introduction of a second team, a third team, a ladies team, a junior section, a veterans team. So, yeah, we've gone from being one adult team in the Taunton District Saturday second division and now all of those things that I've just mentioned that happen on a weekly basis. And looking at this season then, obviously you, you, this is the first time you've played in the in the Tool Station Western League. I mean, what are your ambitions for this season? Well, I think that when we first started this, we, we were aware we were going to lose some, win some and, and draw some. And I think that our ambition is to, you know, go out and give a good account of ourselves and put ourselves in a position where 
teams might be apprehensive to play us. They don't look at us and think, oh, Middlesbrough Rovers, they've come up from the county league. You know, that's an easy game of football. And hopefully we've already started to maybe question people's opinion of a team that comes up. I know Nelson and Tickenham did very well last year um, and obviously got promoted and did all the things that probably people weren't expecting. I mean, you know, we're not in the... Um, quite ascendancies of, of where they started and how we've got on but um, I just think we we want to give a good account of ourselves and um, you know represent ourselves well in the Tool Station League Well you certainly have been giving a, a good account of yourselves so far um, one defeat uh, that you've had was against Bradford Town. Now they they've started this season um, very strongly indeed. I mean ha- what did you make of them on the day? Yeah, I thought that um, they were they were a good team. Um, it, it was quite windy on on that specific day. We actually took the lead, um, playing it against the wind. Um, Bradford then came out second half and got two goals. Uh, and for the last twenty minutes, we had a, a considerable amount of pressure, but we didn't actually work the goalkeeper. And I felt that we could have and maybe should have got something out of the game. Their third goal was a good counter-attacking goal in the 97th minute, I think it was. Um, but that's a sign of a good team to absorb lots of pressure, hit you on the counter-attack, win 3-1. And, you know, you look back on your possible opportunities. But, I mean, they, they're, a good, they're a good team, well-organised. And, and, you know, they will undoubtedly upset lots of people this season. And your next game at home is against Shirehampton. And, of course, they were last season's playoff finalists. So that will be another tough test for you. Yes, well, we, because uh, Shirehampton were in the county league with us a number of years ago before they went uh, step sideways to gain promotion, etc. So we have, um, we have history of playing against Shirehampton when we were in the county league. And, yeah, they're always a tough test. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to definitely be... Um, on our game, aware of their their threats and how they play, but you know that was a few years ago. So you know their um, their players will have changed as ours have changed. Um, but yeah, it'll be a tough test on Saturday. Uh, now, Shirehampton, as you've said, their fans will know what your um, grounds all about, but there'll be plenty of people listening to this for the first time who'll wonder um, what they're uh, in store for when they come to watch a game at Middle Zoe Rovers. So, Craig, can you sell us the match day ex- experience at Middle Zoe? The clubhouse runs alongside the pitch, so you can literally walk in, get a beer, walk outside, and you are watching a game of football. Uh, the clubhouse is 52 metres long, so you've got a canopy. So you can keep out the dry. We're waiting for the um, Football Foundation to give us our approval of funding to put the stand up. Uh, obviously, we've got floodlights that are LED. They were only installed 18 months ago with the support of um, Viridor. The the access is easy. Uh, we've got plenty of overflow car parking, good accessibility to toilets. And the building's only just two years old. And if you think we had COVID thrown in the middle of that, it's hardly been used in all honesty. So, yeah, it's a new, fresh building that um, hopefully does the Western League justice. 
Excellent, Craig. You've done a fantastic job um, showcasing what your football club is all about. But one final question, which is the question I ask all the managers the first time they come onto the Toolstation Western League podcast, and that is, can you tell us something about your footballing journey to the Middlesbrough dugout? I started playing football for Middlesbrough when I was 19 years old. I'm now just hit my half century. Never been at another football club in that time. So I've gone from playing in the first team, managing the athletic, played in all the teams, played in the veterans team, and now I find myself uh, managing the first team with some of the players that I used to play with when they were 16 years old. So yeah, it's uh, 30 years at a football club, so eventually found myself there on a few uh, sideways journeys and following like historical people at the club of Steve Margate and uh, Johnny Warren who so you know tragically is no longer with us and Paul Bennett who did so much for the club and now it's my turn just to push it on a little bit further before it be somebody else's turn I'm sure. And my thanks to Craig for his time. Uh, Now, finally, in our first division roundup, we will turn our attention to Warminster Town. They were at home to Portishead Town, and um, Portishead were the side that went home happy, Tom. Yeah, they were. So it's uh, Warminster, tough start. Portishead, pretty decent start, and it it did go go that way eventually. Uh, But it was uh, a come-from-behind win uh, for the visitors. Uh, Warminster starting pretty well. A defensive error uh, capitalised upon Nick Taylor. Uh, putting them, putting them, uh, putting Warminster ahead. That is early in the contest, uh, but it's Ethan Felton. He's having an incredible start of the season. Uh, he volleyed home to to level affairs, uh, and then added another um, to to complete the scoring. So that made it. I think that was seven goals uh, in the space of a week. Uh, five goals in yeah in his previous two uh, two victories. So yeah, he's really spearheading Portishead's fast start. And uh, yeah, he was at it again, a couple of goals, and um, yeah, helping complete their comeback win away at Warminster by two goals to one. Yeah, I saw Portishead at Radstock a couple of weeks ago and um, they impressed me. Certainly their first half performance impressed me. I think they probably won't know quite how they managed to lose that game, but um, they've obviously got back to winning ways at Warminster. Mm. Um, So congratulations to them. Now, we will take a look ahead, Tom. We will take a look ahead to Saturday the 19th of August. Um, Before I ask you for your pick of the fixtures, um, we do have FA Cup preliminary round action um, taking place. Clevedon Town travel to Aylesbury United. Helston Athletic, they travel to Biddeford. Um, Buckland Athletic entertain Oakhampton Argyle. Falmouth Town take on Froome Town. Nowsey and Tickenham, they welcome Highworth Town. St Blasey take on former Western League winners Mousel. And Tavistock, of course, another former Western League side, they entertain Barnstable Towns. So with a bit of luck and a following win, we might find um, a couple of our sides um, at least through um, uh, to the next round of the FA Cup. I mean, I hope we get all of them through, but, you know, quite how realistic that is, I don't know. Anyway, um, we will move on then, Tom, to the Premier Division. There's only two fixtures taking place in the Premier Division because of that FA Cup action. Um, So um, uh, (coughs) you have one and I'll have the other. (laughs) I'll pitch the first one then. Uh, Let's have a look at, yeah, Ilfracombe. Uh, Saltash. I mean, Ilfracum, only one win between these two sides. Uh, they've played seven between them and four of those defeats from four games so far at Saltash, which, yeah, pretty stunning. Maybe there's a, a bit of a malaise after this came so close uh, last year. Uh, t- well, an away game for them again on the weekend. They're probably, yeah, they need to get, get winning and, and soon. I don't think many would have uh, predicted four losses from four at this stage of the season. So, yeah, they need to turn things around and that hopefully starts for them on Saturday afternoon. 
And I'm going to go for Welton Rovers against Torpoint Athletic. Welton certainly can't do any worse than the last time I saw them where, where they um, came up short against um, Fareham Town in the FA Cup. Obviously, they had the disappointment of that loss um, um, to Shepton. But, of course, it was a close game and Shepton have been doing very well. So I'm sure that back at headquarters, back at West Clues, Welton will want to put on a show. And Torpoint have been in fantastic form uh, so far this season. So um, I'm sure that'll be a really entertaining game at the weekend. Um, moving on into to the first division tom uh what tickles your fancy there oh come for a yeah big big one i th- I, I would say brislington bitten uh brislington definitely have found their found their feet now four straight wins in the league uh so they're back back on it and uh bitten themselves unbeaten in six uh and you know, we sort of mentioned earlier about bradford finally dropping some points on on tuesday evening that was at the hands of hands of bitten the first team to take points off from this year so they'll be uh yeah, I would have thought a pretty confident side at the moment. So I think Brislington Bitten looks like the uh, the place to be on Saturday, I would say. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I mean, to be fair, there are some pretty good games going on in the first division. I mean, I always enjoy a trip to Hengrove, normally to watch Radstock Town. That's the fixture that's uh that's one of the fixtures that's taking place. And um, we've got um two former county league sides both doing good things in the tool station first division middle zoya taking on um shire hampton but um canesham town of course formerly of the premier division uh take on longwell green sports longwell green um you know they've been um uh, really good uh, for the last couple of seasons these two sides are not separated by a particularly great distance so hopefully there'll be a decent crowd at canesham to watch what i'm sure will be a, a hotly contested um local derby um so that would be my pick of the first division uh, now as always tom we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin where can the listeners find that yes yeah, so that is on the uh, tool station league website i mean on the on the new home page if you yeah if you open it up and scroll down a little bit it's in the middle there you've got the uh, the bulletin the podcast and the league tables all front and center in the uh, on the home page so if you click on that it will take you to to the most recent um yeah bulletin which comes out every week and uh, yeah that's available in in word and pdf format and you can sign up to to get that sent to you so yeah that's all available on the on the website excellent stuff tom thanks very much uh, for your time and um i look forward to catching up with you on next week's tool station western league podcast